What's up, everyone? Welcome to a whole lot of BS podcast presented by Revolution Sports Performance. Today, we have part one of our Everything You Need to Know About Fantasy Baseball podcast. I am joined with uh, good friends of the podcast and fantasy experts, Colin Carstens and Peter Uline, and we're using that word experts very loosely here. We take a look at uh, our overall fantasy baseball preview. We have a great time every year doing this. We all love fantasy baseball. We all love baseball. So uh, we just like to chop it up a little bit and share a little bit of the knowledge that we have about fantasy baseball and what we expect for the upcoming season. So uh, we start off with our keeper league, give a little background on that and uh, who we're keeping and then why we're keeping those guys. And then we also look uh, overall auction league strategy and talk about the auction league that we're both in. Those are the two leagues that we all play in together. And uh, they're extremely different, extremely competitive. So uh, a lot of fun there. We also get into the Astros hitters. What kind of success will they have? Will they struggle? If so, will some of them be successful? And some of them struggle. We look at that for a little bit and, and have Peter and Cullen weigh on in that. We also start our positional previews with starting pitchers, go into a fairly deep dive on strategy how we approach starting pitching and then talk about some guys that we like and we don't like there as well Um, and as always when you get Colin and Peter together we get some good bickering from those two so I hope you guys enjoy this as much as we do recording it we have a great time you can hear some of the laughs it's just a blast every year and then we will come back next week with part two uh, and finish up our positional previews uh, look at some sleepers and some busts and Colin has a very special segment that he debuts um, so make sure that you tune in for that as always if you can subscribe rate and review I'd greatly appreciate it and uh, always open for suggestions for future podcasts all right, we're here with the A Whole Lot of BS, Everything You Need to Know About Fantasy Baseball podcast. Uh, we are joined today, but with Peter Uline and Cullen Carstens, our uh, return guests and fantasy experts. At least one of them is a fantasy expert. So um, we'll get started, guys. Uh, we are all in, uh, we have two leagues together. So we'll start off talking about those a little bit. We have an auction league. Uh, super competitive, very fun league. It uh, it's pretty cutthroat. The waiver wire dries up real quick in that league, and uh, it's it uh, all the guys pay attention to it. Twelve teamer, so um, things get get pretty sparse pretty quick on that one. And then we're also in a keeper league together, uh, ten team there, and we each get to keep four players. And um, in the round that we one round more than we drafted them the year before. So if you draft someone in the twentieth round, you keep them. You get to get, have them in the nineteenth round draft pick that year. So, um, real quick, let's start off with the keeper league since we actually have a little little bit more to talk about there. Uh, Pete, why don't you lead us off with? Uh, you just made a trade and you seem pretty excited about it. I did make a trade. Um, yeah, so I've defending champ. In case anybody was curious, um, last year won. Crushed it as usual. Decided to go with the four guys this year. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts, Fit, um, Alex. You Bregman. shouldn't be allowed to keep Mookie, actually. True. You, you have to refer to him by his his new name, Dodger Betts. I know. I, I part of me part of me almost wanted to trade him just out of just because. But then the same part of me realizes that when he's back in a Red Sox uniform next year, I'm going to be pretty happy. I still have him. Delusion. Um, so keeping keeping bets and uh, keeping uh, Alex Bregman in the tenth. Keeping. Um, well, currently I'm kind of I'm tossed up on my wait, third keeper. Wait a I'm, minute! I'm, wait a minute! You are keeping Bregman. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping okay. Bregman. Bregman in the tenth. 
And um, I'm, my third one, uh, I guess my third one would be, I was keeping Shane Bieber, who I've already traded for Cattell Marte. And then, so I think Bieber was a 16, Cattell is a 12. And then I'm tossed up between keeping Jordan Alvarez in 12 or Austin Meadows in 18. So, yeah, I mean, hindsight, yeah, I'm happy with the Bieber Cattell trade. Um, I would have probably loved to, I would have preferred to have maybe traded Jordan, maybe, but um, totally okay with it. So, uh, as of now, I'm not keeping Nolan in the first. So, my Mike Trout trade has, I officially have no one left on that Mike Trout trade. So, go me. The end of an era. That's. It's really bad. It's really, I thought really bad. Mookie was part of that Mike Trout trade. No, Mookie was a part of the Kente Maeda trade. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Comment. I wish I would have purposely led into that. That's phenomenal. Can we, can, we, can we curse on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I stand by the trade. Uh, Kente was, you know, basically just stop, fan. just stop, just stop. You know, defending <laughs> the fact that those, unless there's someone else involved, we, we need to move on. Um, yeah, I actually got Andrew Miller as well. I think in 2016 when he was just absolutely a joke, but yes, anyways, Colin, who, who are you keeping? This is the first year I'm actually kind of torn due to some, you know, expert drafting these last few years. I actually have some late round keepers that I'm pretty pumped about. Um, two of my staples that I've had for the last, really, I got, it's probably been four years. It has been four years, but I, I'm definitely keeping Francisco Lindor, who will be a, I believe he's a fifth. He's either a fifth or a fourth, but I remember getting him as like a ninth. So, so he's been on my team forever. Um, I'm definitely going to keep Glaber Torres, who I drafted in the 25th. This will be my first year keeping him, so he'll be a 25th rounder, as well as JT Real Muto, who he will be a 19th round keeper for me. And then from there, I'm I'm just a little torn. I, I'm probably, God, I don't know. I'm probably going to keep Altuve again. Um, he is one round behind Lindor, so if Lindor's a four, he's a five. Um, or a five, six. I've had them both the same amount of time on my team. Uh, but I have some different, some other options, you know, Peter laughs at me, but Marcus Simeon in the 12th, I think is pretty intriguing. Um, even God, I don't even want to say it, but like even Kirby Yates in the 10th, isn't outrageous. Hey, anytime so, you keep him for sure. For, that's a great, anytime great you can pay for closes. You gotta do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, that's what I'm going with. Uh, my team was, you know, just a bunch of guys with a lot of heart. We were scrappy. Um, we lost to Peter's team in the final, which we're still, you know, the guys are shaken up about it, but it's been a good offseason. We'll be back ready to go. I'd like to point out you're still currently not keeping your best player. But anyways, keep going. But you won't say who that is. And so you're doing this thing, which you're really good at, uh, which I like to call just pissing me off. <laughs> and you're, you're just like dangling that out there. But you're, there, there's no one possibly on my roster that you could look at and be like, oh, that's a better keeper. You're not talking about Victor Robles. You're not talking about Ramon Laureano. It's definitely not a first-round Anthony Rizzo. And, I mean, unless you're high on – I mean, who are you? I'm looking at my team right now. Mark Canhot? No. Aquino? No. I actually do love Mark Hanna, by yeah, the way. I was going to say, that might I be the guy. Well, I do love me some Mark Hanna. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, fantasy expert, why don't you say who I should keep then? I Who's mean, my keeper? Ramon Lariano. It's not even close. No, you're, okay. What round is he? Can you cut that out? Because that's erroneous. Not even close. 
What round is okay. he, uh, well, Colin? He'll well, be the 12. Dude's going to put up 20-20 and bat about 280 and score 100 runs. Like, what What do you want? Okay, that's what Marcus Simeon's going to do. Yeah, but you have Lindor. I mean, you're going to you, – you have three shorts. You have Torres as well. You have three shortstops. Like, what are you just well, Torres is second base, right? Glaber's oh, yeah. both, but I'm going to play him a second. Yeah, he's going to be – so So I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a shortstop in. Right now, I'm throwing a shortstop into uh, one of my utility spots, which I don't love, which is why I try to trade with you, Peter, and you ghosted me. Yeah, I, mean, I like Lindor. I think he's great, but I'd rather have – Yeah, I do too. I, I think I think Lindor's pretty good. We're, we're in the same boat here because I've actually tried shipping out Bregman, and like no one wants Bregman and no one wants Lindor. I don't understand the people in our league sometimes. I literally offered you Lindor for Bregman. Yeah, I mean, Lindor's like five and Bregman's <laughs> ten. And it's, a, it's not even close. And Bregman's ten. Okay. That's the, okay. Even All if right. they're the same player, the, the difference the rounds makes is too big. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was to that do big straight up. Yeah, um, okay. All right, so let's get to my team because it's the best one. Um, sure. I got this uh, new guy. You might have heard of him, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, he'll be a six-round keeper this year, possibly the best oh, fantasy hey. player in baseball again. It was so dumb we let you draft him that way. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there, but I appreciate it. Uh, got Trey Turner, personal favorite keeper. He will be a 19th-round keeper this year, but may not be the most valuable keeper anymore, which is a little disappointing. Um. And here's where I have a little bit of a toss-up. I got three guys for two spots. I got J.D. Martinez, Pete Alonzo, and Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant will be like a 20th-round keeper, so you're getting a lot of value there. A um, little worried about J.D. Martinez's, uh, like his mental approach this year since they shipped everybody out. Like He's going to be a little bit of a man on an island. Um, their offense will be solid. But, I mean, Pete, why don't you speak to with, that about the Red, Sox, that, Red Sox? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if the Red Sox pitch well – like, even if they had Mookie Betts, it wouldn't have mattered. If they didn't pitch well, even if they had Keep Mookie, Davey, they, were not, yeah, they weren't going to win 90 games. They weren't going to win that division. They're not going to beat the Yankees, and they're not going to beat the Rays. Well, maybe they can beat the Yankees. Now. Not going to beat the Rays. They're going to fall apart. The Yankees are absolutely falling apart already. But um, it didn't matter. Like if, But if the Red Sox pitch well, like if they somehow – if Erod takes another step forward, Sales somehow magically finds an elbow that works, and – I don't even know who they have anymore. Starters, Martin Perez. Uh, it, it's not great, is it? But if just they offensively, David, we don't care about the overall team. We just want offense. How's yeah. the lineup looking? Great lineup's phenomenal. Like they're they're gonna be. They're, I mean they're they're gonna slug people. They're gonna they're gonna score a ton of runs. JD, yeah. I mean I think JD will be fine. I think he probably wishes he opted out. But at the same time, how old is he now? Thirty three. How much money so is much a thirty three year old designated hitter really commanding on the free agent market? So he's in the he's in the perfect environment for him. He's going to have protection, Devers, Bogarts. Like he's going to be he's going to be fine. So yeah, I mean offensively, that team they're they're going to be they're going to be just as good as they were last year. Really, I mean missing bets obviously excluded. Yeah. They're going to be they're going to be just fine. Yes, and Chris Bryant had a sneaky nice year last year. Uh, One hundred eight runs. He's always low in the RBIs, and I think he's going to be leading off this year. So. Um, I still think he'll have a combined like 180, 200 runs in RBIs. And then he had 31 home runs and hit 282. So solid year there. Um, maybe not top notch like we once uh, thought he might be, but um, still a very good, very productive player. And then Pete Alonso obviously went off. He's a 12th round keeper for me this year because I picked him off up off waivers. Um, 
not expecting 53 home runs this year and probably not expecting him to hit 260, <laughs> but if he hits 245, um, 250 with uh, low 40s home runs, I think that's very doable. So I don't know what I'm going to do there. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, I really don't want to throw any of those guys back. So it's just it's just one of those problems when you're really good at fantasy and have a keeper league that you mm-hmm. run into every year where you, you just got too many guys to keep. How did you how did you not finish in the championship game with Pete and I with such a tout lineup as you have? Great question. Are, are my guys, I think, mailed it in a little early. Yeah. I think Barrett's notorious for punting and pitching really early. He punts winning. He does that too. Pinching. Yeah, I think you punt pitching or something. You just you just ignore it or you forget about it. I don't know what goes on there. Well, part of the problem last year was I traded all my draft picks. Who did you trade them for? Uh, I made it when I was making that run when I won the championship the year before. Colin, maybe you'll win it one day. Um, I traded one of them was for Chris Bryant. Uh, uh, also, you traded Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to. I was going to leave that out. So, uh, <laughs> that wasn't the best. And then uh, I made some trades in season and trade some draft picks away to get um, a camera. I think maybe like Syndergaard or someone like that, some pitcher to kind of anchor down my staff. But it was worth it. You traded away Bellinger. I totally forgot. Yeah, I did. So um, that's that kind of wraps it up for um, our keeper league. The auction league is a is a league of extremes, uh, and it's something that has really thrown me off in the last couple of years of drafts. I don't know why I'm not used to it by now. But we have a lot of extreme um, strategies in that league where guys will punt pitching altogether. Guys will um, punt saves, punt start starting pitching. Um, go uh, stars and scrubs. So they'll draft, like spend like 400 on their, of their $500 on like six guys and then kind of fill in their lineup uh, with the rest of their just $1 guys or, or low budget guys. Um, so it ends up like last year, the starting pitching, like the top 10 guys were like gone for a ridiculous amount of money. <clears throat> yeah. And so you really start scrambling. Like I got Grinky who had an awesome year, but he ended up being like my ace and I was panicking to get him um after uh, top 10 or so guys have gone so um Colin the last year was your first year in that league Pete you've been in a few years now what are you guys looking to do going into the league and Pete you won that league last year second second, lost in the finals um I employ a money ball type strategy in that league I let everybody just basically blow their load for the first 25 players and then I, I dumpster dive essentially. So like last year I got Cody Bellinger for $51 with a $500 budget. So, you know, it, it was MVP and yeah. I got, I got him for nothing. Cause guys like Cohen's out here spending $60 on Joey Votto. So, you know, I, I kind of do that. that. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'm just waiting till he finishes. Just that, that makes me Machado for 70 look like genius. Yeah. There's, so, like, reality is every time I do that draft, the first two hours, I do absolutely nothing. I just sit there. I watch. I entertain, maybe attempting to get, like, someone like Trey Turner who gets outbid or whatever, you know. So, I just – I sit. I wait. And I basically – I load up on guys like Lariano, Matt Olson, Chapman, basically the entire A's. 
Um, I kind of get those guys and then I just, and I just kind of just dumpster dive on the, on the waiver wire a little bit. So I love it. I think it's, it's a fun league. It is competitive. There's been, uh, Leo was chatting today about some of it and he was entertaining the idea if you to sign up or basically add, add certain, uh, financial bonuses, like for a team at the end of the year who might be out of it, but if they finish first in the league at home runs, then they, you know, get more financial compensation for it. Yeah. So they're, they're chatting about doing something like that, which would actually be kind of cool. So like when Colin was dead out of it, he at least could have like tried to win saves or something basic. I don't know. Why, why do you keep saying I was, I, my team was respectable the, last year. The though. other thing with that. Yeah. The other thing with that, we had like, uh, I think teams three through nine were within like, we do Yahoo categories, 11 category league. I think we were within like 10 games of each other at one point. Like it was yeah, ridiculous. I, like I'm pretty sure I snuck in on like either the fifth or sixth playoff spot, and I, you know, I ended up going to the finals. But like it, teams it, one it, through it ten could have made the playoffs yeah, with a few different tough. weeks going going on. Yeah, the team the team I definitely drafted and played. Mm-hmm. Don't, I don't uh, even sniff winning regular season. I'm more, you know, I'm, I'm built for the playoffs. I'm like the Patriots. How that um, last year? No, whatever. Ah. <laughs> As as you mentioned, first of all, before I go into my team, Peter, you spent eighty eight dollars on Jose Ramirez, so I don't want to hear a word. <laughs> you, um, there's no chance. You did. I you spent eighty eight on Jose Ramirez, which you only spent fifty one on Cody Bellinger. So, so you you almost made up that difference. However, price Ramirez. a price per player, you led the league in that. You also spent forty six on Tommy Pham. But back to my team, and Tommy Pham um, was fantastic. But Jose Ramirez, yeah. time out. Jose Ramirez ended up with like thirty swipes or forty swipes. The dude was a legit. Sure, he batted like whatever the Mendoza line is. Yeah, that's perfect. I think I had. Um, it is perfect. Mike Bellinger just batted three forty. Kind of offset. He batted two fifty five. All right, defend it, defend it. Um, as you mentioned, Barrett, this was my first time ever doing this. So rip, rip on me all you want. I literally had no clue. You could have told me, I mean, what was our budget? Like $600? 500, yeah. 500. Okay, $500. So <laughs> in my research leading up to it, I tried to figure, okay, I want to spend this much on, you know, this many guys, you know, my number one guy needs to be around this amount and then my pitchers need to average this amount. Well, you know, as y'all know, having been in these leagues before, that's never how it works out. So I went $89 on Trey Turner as my, you know, I grabbed him early, which I'm fine with. I got a, you know, Rendon for 47, which ended up being a huge that's value. Great, yeah. But then I also spent 41 on Yasiel Puig. So, you know, it kind of, you know, not that he was a complete bust, but just, you know, $36 for Nelson Cruz. So I was kind of feeling my way through it. I, I still, I need one more year, I think, to try to figure out what exactly my strategy is going to be. I, I, I try not to compliment Pete if at all possible, but I do like the fact that, you know, he sits back for those early rounds. And as I've done some prep and some mock drafts in auction leading up to this, I, I, I think, yeah, that's actually a pretty smart strategy. Now, I don't think I'm going to sit around, you know, there's going to be some players I target and I'm going to be aggressive about them going forward. But just like in my keeper league, if I'm looking at hitters, I want five category contributing guys um, pitching to me because this this league was different. What did we get as far as the waiver wire? Was it just three pickups or was it? We well, ended up having a $100,000 fab. Yeah. Right. 
Oh, but you, you can only do four four pickups a week. Right, four and pickups also, a week. So that also be, because you're you're in a, it's an eleven cat league, whereas the other one's a ten. The eleven, the 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 extra hitting category is yeah. big. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. So if I employ my same strategy that I do in the keeper league, where hitting is king of all and pitching is just kind of irrelevant, yeah, that kind of works for this league too. But I also can't stream starting pitching for potential wins and strikeouts and punt ERA and whip like I do in the keeper. So I still need to get a better handle of what I want to do on the pitching side of things. But no, my, my team's going to be heavy home runs, runs, RBI team with a decent average. And um, that should keep me in it most of the year. Yeah. I think where I've messed up the last few years is been like uh, trying to, trying to do something that I'm not good at with my strategies and um, be extreme like the league is um, specifically with pitching last year my idea was to go um basically try to win era whip and saves every week and not worry about innings pitch so i got someone like grinky who's going to be low in in era and whip would give you some k's uh, as far as starter and i was going to get like one other starter and then go with guys like um well, last year wasn't the best example but like a dylan Batances and some guys like that in the middle innings that were just like super high k guys low whip guys uh middle relievers and then get some saves where I messed up was I got a bunch, I waited to the end cause I hate paying for saves to get closers. So I got guys that are higher ERA and whip closers. So that totally destroyed my strategy. And I'm also really good at um, picking up starting pitchers in the middle of the year. So obviously if you pick up starting pitchers in the middle of the year, you're not getting ACE like guys, you're getting guys that are that maybe solid and contribute, but they're not going to be super low whip and low ERA guys. So I was kind of yeah. fighting upstream that. against myself there. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, though, Peter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you might you might stumble upon like a Jack Flaherty from two years ago or someone like that, but more times than not, it's it's like a guy that's like a a three five ERA, yeah. a one two WHIP, and he's going to give you more than a K per inning. Just guys that I'm just kind of briefly looking at who are acquired uh, via the waiver wire, like Mike Soroka, um, Woodruff. So you can get some, you know, you can get some decent pitching. Yeah. Uh, and the, and then the other thing that's tough about that league though, is if you get off to a slow start, Matt you have Boyd. to make moves. So like yeah. Josh Donaldson got off to a really slow start last year. I couldn't keep him. Zach Gallon was. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, if, if I had kept him, it would have been like, I would have gotten further behind. And so he heated up towards the end of the year. So some of that league is also of getting some guys that are either steady contributors or not. Um, or uh, guys that are not um, streaky. Because if they're streaky at the beginning and you get behind, like like I said, that league's super competitive, so it's tough to keep up. So um, to your, I will be going – go ahead. To your credit, you did get a, a $1 Josh Bell, and you also got a dollar Ryan Yarborough, who obviously Josh Bell was was yeah. solid, at least, for, at least for the first five months of the year. And, and Yarborough turned out to be pretty solid too for yeah. you. And you yeah. got – Brian Reynolds and J.D. Davis off the wire, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, the, I mean, you can pick some guys. Adrian, but, and Adrian Hauser. Man, you have a nice team. <clears throat> yeah, but um, problem was the first bit of the season. And then I had Machado, and um, I kind of did what you did, Pete, and waited. And Machado, I thought, was undervalued at the time, and he ended up you not spent, being that great. You spent, and, seven, and, you spent seven more dollars on Reese Hoskins than I did for Cody Bellinger. Yeah. So uh, Reese Hoskins, another one that underperformed and Altuve did not run and he was going to be my primary source of steel. So I ended up having zero steals, just punting steals for the year. So um, now 
Huh? He's not running ever again. He's not running again. So going forward this year, I feel much better about my strategy to um, dominate the, I'll call it mid-level starting pitchers, uh, get one or two guys at the top and fill in with some, with some other guys and, and then continue to get the garbage saves um, or guys that just don't have as good as whip or ERAs and, and I can get for a dollar or two at the end. Colin, you had Mark Cannon in both leagues. I'm proud of you. I did. Thank you. You're, you're, you're early, but I'm proud of you. Yeah, Mark's a great guy. We loved having him in the clubhouse. Just brought a lot to the table, and uh, we'd love to have him back. Yeah, nice. All right, so let's let's transition. Um, Peter, you're talking about having trouble trading Alex Bregman. So mm-hmm. obviously, with everything that's going on with the Astros, how do you guys think the Astros as a team will perform this year? And and are you avoiding the hitters? Uh, I'm just gonna say no. Like, I'm not avoiding them. I, I think guys like Bregman, Alvarez, I, I just think they're, they're more anomalies. Like, I don't think – I personally just don't think they're, they're going to struggle regardless. Their peripherals are too good. Their contact rate's good. Their pitch recognition, everything's good. So, like, I can't yeah, see – Of course their pitch recognition's good. They knew it pitch was coming. Exactly. Yeah, but even before, so how can you say the pitch at, recognition was good? At, like, if you just look at all their zone contact rate, even coming up through the minors, like it's phenomenal. So they have an idea. Like they they know regardless. You know they're not big K guys. So I mean, a guy like Springer might worry me because he's a bit more of a of a free swinger. So and I don't. Even, I don't kind of want to look up this. He's thirty now, isn't he? Um, he's thirty. He's not running anymore. You know, his contact rates, okay. So I'm not going after him. I never went after him anyways, but he's a guy I wouldn't I wouldn't really touch. Um, Altuve, Altuve's value is shot. He's not running yeah. anymore. I agree with that. And, um, and he was probably, the, you know, one of the bigger bad factories, especially in the play during, um, during their whole scandal. So I'm probably not touching any of them. Uh, except for probably Bregman and Alvarez to be playing the honest with you. Uh, Kyle? For me, <clears throat> I, personally, I think it presents a tremendous buy low possibility here. I mean, you're going to have guys in the league who are going to, you know, I, I'll be honest, I thought about it with Altuve, right? Who, who I'm trying to decide if he's a keeper or not. Um, a little bit of what Pete said, I mean, do I think there's going to be some regression with some of those guys? Sure. I mean, specifically on their home road splits, right? But, you know, the the bad side of it is that the Astros for so long were buoyed by how good they were doing at home. Um, but I think that there's going to be so many people that are – hold on one second. Did I lose you guys? You're good. Sorry, I got an incoming call. Um I think there's so many people that are just going to think, oh, well, they're not getting the signs. They're not banging on the trash can, so they can't hit anymore. Well, that's not really the case. Even if they fall from, you know, the best hitting team in baseball, as they have been, to a pretty good hitting team, you're still going to buy these guys if they're slipping two, three, even four rounds down, you know, from where they should be drafted um, or where they were drafted last year. So, to me, slight regression, not enough to shy away from any of them. Yeah, it's impossible to know how much each one of them are doing it. Um, I think Bregman's still going to be really good. I think he's just a really good baseball player. And um, you are an Alvarez. Pete, I'll have to rely on you for the deeper stats there. My initial reaction was that someone younger um, and someone with like the amount of power that he has, um, he might be a guy that 
that would greatly benefit from it because if he knows what come what's coming, then he can really do damage. Um, but if you know you're saying that his swing swing and miss isn't that great, um, then maybe it's uh, he does have some regression just because he was so hot last year, but not necessarily because of the whole buzzing scandal. Yeah, I I just can't really see a guy like Alvarez getting crushed. To be honest, with you. he hits lefties really well. His own contacts average. Springer to me is a bit more of a swing and miss kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, just looking at a lot of projections for Alvarez, it's two eighty with thirty seven. You know, some at thirty nine. I mean, that's not awful. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's if you miss out on like someone like Alonzo, I mean, Alvarez is pretty strong so i i don't i i don't see anything really kind of i mean his i think his babbitt yeah his babbitt was 360 last year and his average was 313 you're not you're not getting that again you know reality is so right you know 280 is a pretty good comfortable guess for alvarez with you know what could be 40 bombs so um but the rest i mean i i don't know what kyle tucker's adp is right now He's interesting because he's obviously he's been a top prospect for what feels like forever. Um, and he hasn't really had much success, but they've obviously they've liked him enough to never trade him, which helps. And then I think today, you know, or this year is a big year for him. So he's going to get a lot of playing time. Um, but I, I don't know what his current ADP is. So I, I don't know if I'll have that much shares in him just because of, I think, name value. He's going to go pretty high, but um he might, he might be the, you know, he, he might be a little bit more of a wild card there. Cause I think if he hits well and the Astros are going to be just as good as they were, which is yeah. right. Nice so. late round grab, especially in our keeper league, throw top yeah, after yeah. round 20, pick him up. If he does great, whatever, if not, you drop exactly. him in a month. So I mean, reality um, is he, he should be playing over someone like Reddick, but. Yeah, you never know. yeah, we'll see. All right, let's transition over to starting pitching. Uh, this is super top heavy. It gets gets a little sketchy pretty quick. Um, doing some fancy mock drafts today, I was surprised how much I don't like the pitching. Basically, from uh, pick one twenty two to two hundred, I really had trouble drafting any of those guys. Um, looking at a, a list now after Soroka, um, I I don't like any <coughs> anyone really. Um, depending on the list, some of these guys are or moved around a little bit lower than I would rank them like Sonny Gray and Max Freed. But um, for the most part, I'm not a fan of, um, you know, so this is, that's pitcher number 35 on down to like 50. Uh, not a big fan of, the, of, of those guys that are ranked around in that area. So um, <clears throat> like I said earlier, I want to try to grab um, someone that's ace level, uh, one of the top 12 guys. And then uh, try to piece together some some other guys, depending on where we're going in the draft or how top heavy our auction league gets. Um, so, biggest I, I, concerns I, at the top are Justin Verlander and Scherzer getting old. So, what are what are y'all thoughts on those two guys and the starting pitching landscape as a whole? Uh, I can't really see Verlander going down. To be honest with you, I, I unless they found something else with their pitching with. <laughs> Trevor Bowers is in, you know, insinuated for years that something might be going on with their pitching. I don't, I don't see any regression from Verlander at all. The dude's, dude's just an anomaly, really, isn't he? Throws yeah. gas, He's unbelievable great. spin, unbelievable movement. Um, so there's, I can't see much, much really. I mean, you're, you know what you're going to get out of Verlander, and you know you buy with confidence, really. 
I think in regards to Verlander, it's so funny because, you know, what Trevor Bowers has been saying is like everyone's talking about the hitting on the Astros, but nobody talks about the pitching. I mean, guys go there and have career years like Verlander. People forget four or five years ago, people were saying he was done and like done. And now he is one of, you know, someone today, the best pitcher in baseball right now. You know, Garrett Cole goes there, new ballpark, you know, new league and is the best version. He's been a great pitcher for years, but he was the best version of himself once he got there. And yes, run support comes with that. However, his numbers, his strikeouts, his ratios, everything just was over 300 Ks last year was so elite that I'm surprised more people aren't talking about that. Um, but to go back to starting pitching, you uh, it's been documented on this podcast in the past. I think starting pitching is overrated. I will continue to believe that. But, Barrett, to your point, with it being so top-heavy this year, I do think that plays even better into my strategy. I might not target one of the top 12 guys, but I might try to get one or two guys who are around that 20, you know, 20 to 25 range. Just grab so, two of those in the late middle range. I mean, I like Louis Castillo. I liked him last year. I had Patrick Corbin last year. You know, Louis Castillo is probably a little bit higher than that 2025, but some people will think, discount, you know, just I think in that I think in that auction league, I actually Corbin was my highest paid pitcher at like $27. Right. He and he was my I think my quote unquote ace in my keeper league. But you know, if I get like a Barrios and a Woodruff or something, like I'm fine with that. I'll sit on the rest and just try to pick out a bunch of guys later on, you know, like a Fulton Avich. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Cause I always yeah. screw it up. You know, just different guys like that to fill in who, Hey, they're going to get decent amount of case. They're going to have a high probability for wins because they're on, they're on teams that give them run support, but also their ratios aren't going to kill me. And then I'm going to stream guys throughout the year in keeper. I can't really do that in auction, but in keeper, I'm just going to stream guys to get my wins and K's up. And as long as I'm, you know, somewhat decent, in my relief pitching that should be make my overall, you know, stable in the, in the arms area, good enough to get me to the playoffs and potentially back to the finals. Do you have something to add Pete? No, sounded good. And I'll grab Kente Maeda if he's available, a resurgence yeah. is coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at the the rankings here, guys. You know, I know Colin mentioned Castillo, Paddock, um, you know, these are kind of the, you know, you obviously you have the tier one guys, you have the Flaherty's, the uh, Bueller's, the Scherzer's, DeGrom, you know, the Coles, Verlander, all them. But then you go like Snell. Are you worried at all, Barrett, by the way? Yes, I am. Uh, yeah. So you got Corazon you got, shot in the elbow today, if you haven't heard. Yeah. Then you got Snell, Strasburg, Bieber, um, you know, those kind of guys. Kershaw, Nola, Paddock, Castillo. And, and Colin's right. I mean, if you can pick off, you know, you get like a Castillo or, a, you know, a Springer or whoever, or not Springer, uh, a Castillo and um, or a Paddock and whatever, and you pair them up with, you know, a couple guys in that tier three, you know, Lamette, um, I think he's a big, a big, uh, a guy that everybody's kind of really interested in, Frankie Montes, same thing, so. You know, you pair them up with a couple of those guys, you, you, you're going to kind of offset the value, uh, you know, instead of having to spend all that money on someone like Verlander. So, yeah, I mean, Syndergaard's ranked as a 20th pitcher this year, and he could easily be in the top 10 again. Yeah. Why so, are so many Why are so many people, because I've read things on him, and people are down on him, and I don't get why. 
little injuries last year, and then when he pitched, he was I don't know, I don't know stats off the top of my head, but uh, it, it wasn't like traditional Syndergaard. I don't think he's an analytical dog. I see, I see huge yeah. bounce back potential with him this year. He had a four two eight last year. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, know, I, know, I knew it wasn't great, but like track record would prove like his stuff is elite. You know, he's, I, I think people are discounting him a little too much based off of some injuries there. And he was yeah. only at a strikeout an inning. He was at 202 strikeouts in 197 innings. You'd think right. he would be. You would think his injury related. I mean, I would think, however, we'll see. So there's, there's about three guys he's going near. Syndergaard is going near pretty much. Morton, Darvish, and Glass now. I mean, I'm not – I haven't really done a whole lot of in searching on Syndergaard, but Glass now is kind of a bit of a wild card, isn't he? You know, I mean – Just innings, just from injury risk, and he's not going to yeah, throw to any innings. How many innings can you really get out of him? Um, if you told me 160, I could draft him and get 160, I'd take it right now. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, Darvish, Darvish is – Darvish loves giving up like eight to ten every now and then, just a random horrible yeah. outing that yeah. can really screw you for a week. <laughs> and he'll tweet about it too. He knows he's yeah. bad sometimes. He's a great, he's a great follow on Twitter. To be fair, um, and then you got Charlie Morton, who's not getting any younger. So you know, there but is he's a, so darn a, consistent and good now. He, he is, he is great. But you know, there, everybody has that kind of that cliff, don't they? So yeah, it's. I'll a, tell it's you right now, like going back to what I was to my point. I'm looking at the rankings right now and I can already tell I might even wait a hair longer. And if I can get like a three headed, I say three headed monster, but like a Zach Wheeler, Eduardo Rodriguez and a Lance Lynn guys who are three guys. I oh. know we're going to get a ton of K's potentially get some wins. I don't know how you feel about Eduardo Rodriguez, Pete, but that is exactly well, what I'm looking for. Like those think, three guys. I think he's great. I think he takes another step. Honestly, I think he's, I think he's fantastic. So, so Lance Lynn tough. fits my MO perfectly this year for my strategy. I just will not draft him. I don't know I, why. I just don't like him. I'm trying to think. I read something on Lance Lynn a couple of weeks ago. I think he's fine. Like he's going to be. Like, yeah, no, like so I've, I haven't heard anything bad about him. I don't, yeah, I think the stats no, back, like he's exactly where he should be from advanced yeah. metrics. I just can't. I just don't There's like no him. regression. There's no regression. I don't think really coming from him to be yeah, honest. Yeah, no. It's, he seems to be like exactly who he is. Um, so there, yeah, there's some guys. I mean, that's like Patrick Corbin, someone that I think I might target because he's in the back end of that. He'll have a ton of K's. He's been consistent the last mm-hmm. three years. Um, and again, like Ben, he's exactly who he should be. One thing I'm going to look at is is the Reds pitching staff. Um, they have an influx of technology this year, and I heard. Um, Love the rest. I heard something with Sonny Gray interview with Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer the other day, and Sonny Gray yeah. was talking about how much Bauer was helping him. So yeah. that's a guy who a lot of people have talked about regressing this year. But I think if anything, he stays the same or takes another step further because he has Bauer there kind of interpreting the information for him and helping him with some stuff. Um, and Bauer was talking about how stupid, talented Sonny Gray is at spinning a baseball. So anything that has to do with breaking balls or whatever, like – he picks it up instantly. So, and they have the best pitching coach in the big leagues. So, yeah. um, their starting staff is very interesting to me, and someone I might target despite the ballpark. I couldn't agree more. I love, I love what, I love Trevor, everything about Trevor Bauer. I love what he brings to teams, and I think you know what they're paying him is, is essentially it's not enough because of what he can do. Like him and Clevenger were boys, and yeah, who would have thought Clevenger would really turn out to be this type of pitcher? Um, but I, I was watching some interview with Sonny and uh, he was sitting there with, with CC as well. And like, 
when he was in New York and he just, they were just chatting about, um, Rothschild or yeah, Larry Rothschild. Yeah. 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 Um, they all love him. They love him, but they, they couldn't fix Sonny. They had no idea what to do with him. And so he got absolutely like just crushed in New York and it wasn't his fault. Like it's just, they didn't have the information equipped enough to figure a guy like him out. And then Cincinnati did. And so once I, I think he's, going to go back to, you know, I mean, he was great last year, but he's going to go back to pre-Oakland just being an absolute stud, being an ace. So yeah, same pitching coach he had in college is now his big league pitching coach. So uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I think they're, they're fantastic. Everything. I love, like Colin mentioned Castillo. I love Castillo. I love, love I love Bauer, love Sonny. Um, then who are they? Dick, Dick Scafani. And um, they, they're, they're in, I mean, and then they, their first round pick this year, this Nick Lodolo, there's a, there's a sneaky chance. He pushes his way through the minors very quickly and kind of ends up like a Chris sale type kind of guy comes in kind of an, an relief pitch and then starts the next year as a starter. So they're, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty impressive the entire organization now. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving down the list a little bit, uh, I like Max Fried. I think he has a chance to make another step forward. He is listed as the 34, 34th best starting pitcher or pitcher. Which one am I on right now? 34th best starting pitcher. Um, and then I also like Julio Urias. Um, we're not talking about character here, but as far as fantasy potential, I think he could make a huge jump this year. And he's 46 overall. Um, as far as sleepers go, who did I have for this? Oh, shoot. Pete, you got well, a sleeper yeah, to fill in? not going to win any games in Detroit. Doesn't matter. Dude's got the dude's top 10, I think, in um, pitches in the zone, swing and miss. And who's this? Just out of the zone, swing and miss. Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd, yeah. Home like, run problem, though. Love, home run problem, undoubtedly. But I love Matt Boyd. I think he's going he's gonna to give you, there's a sneaky chance he gives you 240. And so yeah. if you can live with if you can live with three eight to four two, it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And then the other thing, the other person strategy that I like that's a little bit different is drafting Herman Marquez and only starting him on the road. <laughs> Seriously, I think I might do that this year. <laughs> because he could be like a two four five ERA guy, low whip yeah. and more than a caper inning. Yeah. You're just what not getting the, any starts. There's a name we haven't we obviously didn't see it all last year, but he's he's sneaky higher on the rankings than I really expected him to be is Lance McCullers. Even when healthy, I don't remember him being like elite, you know, or like that. Should have a good track out rate. I felt like he had like one good year, like twenty sixteen or seventeen. Like I just kind of looking at him like he's ahead of like faulty, he's ahead of I mean Paxton's gonna be hurt, but whatever. Um just kind of a few guys. Ugh, he's ahead of my band, Crick and Canning. I love Griffin too. That he's getting, but he's um, out. I know. I, I mean, sneaky. I love like someone like Caleb Smith in Miami. So like, no offense to no offense to McCullers, but I don't know if I'm really kind of paying that premium when you know not, it wouldn't really be a premium. But you know, give me a guy, give me give me both of Smith and Musgrove over someone like uh, McCullers. Colin, anything to add? No, um, I'm just I'm looking at these rankings right now. I'll be pumped to see. I was always a Carlos Carrasco fan. Um, yeah, we'll be, good call. We'll be pumped to have him back this year. Be nice to see him pitch. Yeah, yeah, high K guy fits everything I want. And, and 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 I agree with you, Barrett. That like in a very very sneaky manner, that Reds bullpen or excuse me, starting pitching is 
I don't want to say arguably, if if not the best fantasy starting rotation in the game right now, but definitely one of the top two or three. Um, they've done a really good job. I mean, All right, let's transition. I mean, what were you saying, Pete? I made such an aggressive call the other day about the Pirates. The Pirates yeah. have been the last team. So aggressive. Baseball. I think the Pirates have been the last team in baseball to actually like use analytics. Like I forget who their pitching coach was, but they finally got let go. But he was just basically telling them, he's like, "Hey, you guys got to throw four seamers down." And everybody's like, "Well, you're an idiot." Like four seamers down, curveballs up, and you missed that window. So now all of a sudden, someone like Musgrove, his first start, he's like, "Hey, I'm I, like all I was trying to do is throw four seamers up, curveballs down." And all of a sudden, everything's tunneling out of the same window, and he's getting swing and misses again. So it's like, hey, that's really exciting because a guy like Chris Archer, sneaky second half of the year was fantastic, and he's was never it? been because I love Chris Archer, but I get burned just, by him all the time. It was, it was quietly oh, yes. very good. It was quietly very good, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're even he's implementing some analytics and some information. So a guy like Archer, Musgrove, Chad Cole's got like one of the nastiest sliders in the game. So you got these guys that, hey, it's like this team actually, you know, they're not going to score any runs, but they're actually going to be a little bit more useful than they have been in years past. Next week, we are back with part two of the everything you need to know about fantasy baseball preview. Um, Peter and Colin will be back again next week. We will continue the positional previews, look at relief pitchers. Peter has a really funny rant on Bud Black, the Rockies manager. We also look at hitters we like and we don't like, uh, sleepers, and uh, also talk about some guys who Colin thinks are just a little aged out and won't be of any help uh, in fantasy at all this year. So more good stuff coming on that episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I think you can tell we uh, we really enjoy talking to each other about fantasy baseball and making fun of each other. So I uh, hope you guys can enjoy that as much as we do. So I hope everyone has a great week, and make sure you tune back in next week for part two. And if you're ever interested in, in interacting with us, I'll make sure to include our Twitter handles on there, and we can uh, talk some fantasy baseball. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. <laughs>